What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Creating Madness. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, per usual, Ethan Carboni. Ethan, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Texas got a big dub yesterday. Really needed for my uh, my self-esteem. Texas is 5-2 in football, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, we'll talk about the Big 12 in another episode of the preview series. Today, we'll be talking about the Pac-12 and I'm really excited to talk about the Pac-12 because there's a lot of different things going into this conference that make it really unique and special, and there's a lot of fun teams that we're going to be talking about today. Um, so, Ethan, do you want to get right into it? Of course. What? Why wouldn't I want to talk about the conference? Once known as the Conference of Champions, will soon to be known as the Pac-8. The conference that USC and UCLA left. We'll leave. They are still there. Yeah, no, they're still there. We're going to talk about them in this conference, but they they will be joining the Big Ten. What in twenty twenty four? I guess so. Yeah, or twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty four. Okay. Well, they're still here for now. Um, but I was thinking we we do this for our episode game plan for the viewers out there who don't know how we do this. We're going to be ranking all the teams who we think can make the tournament. We're going to be picking a dark horse team as well. Are we picking our player of the year? Or are we picking our breakout player of the year? So, without further ado, Ethan, how many teams do you think will make the conference tournament in the Pac-12? Because I have four. I also have four with the possibility of five. Yeah, so I think we just go over the teams we think are going to make the tournament, not, like, unrealistically. But you can say that potential team is your dark horse team. But Yeah, the- four. Realistically, I have four. Realistically, I So, four teams each. With, um, who we have. So, Ethan, who do you have at four? I have Oregon. And okay. The, and the why main, do you have Oregon at four? The main reason for this. I like Will Richardson a lot. However, I'm not sure what he's going to... He he was there the leading scorer last year in Oregon, was hyped up to be a lot. But I'm not sure how they're going to be. And if they're going to be able to keep those high expectations, because they certainly weren't last year, they also have a person who I'll get into much later, and Nathan Biddle. Very high on Keyshawn Bartholomew. I'm not sure how I'm going to pronounce that name. If he ends up being a star this season, that's going to kill me. And Jermaine Cousard from South Carolina, who both of these players scored in the double digits. Both of these players are absolutely incredible players. And the Ducks have a lot of scoring to go around in a small group. So, who's your four? I have the UCLA Trojans at my four spot. Um... So I guess the reason why I have them at four, because, you know, although they lose Isaiah Mobley and uh, Chavez Goodwin this offseason, um, they're filling their void in the forward spots with uh, five-star center Vince uh, Iwachuku from San Antonio, Texas, as well as four-star forwards Trey White and uh, Kajani Wright. Um, their front court's phenomenal, but it doesn't have that much depth, which is similar to their backcourt. Uh, their backcourt is led by, you know, prolific scorers Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson, who are both returning, and they Average a combined 25 points per game last season. Boogie Ellis runs more of the point guard role, but can also score from anywhere, whereas Drew Peterson really lit it up at the end of last season. 
um, for the last 15 games of the season. He averaged 18 points per game, so he's looking to really go in there and get hot from the start. Um, but as we've gone over, their backcourt is not much depth, and they're going to need guys like Reese, Dixon, Waters, and Kobe Johnson to significantly increase their production. Um, but this team sits at four, I guess, because of their star-studded starting five. They may really have one of the best starting fives in the country, but they just don't have anyone who can help them at the moment off of the bench that I can see. So I have at four. But, Ethan, what is your three spot now moving into our top three? Same thing as you, the USC Trojans. I think Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson as a backcourt. That that could be a top three backcourt in the country by the end of the year. Peterson had a phenomenal year last year, and Boogie Ellis. He was a top notch recruit. He's a when he's on fire, he is the best player on the court. I think that this could be a very fun team to watch, and I'll put them at three for now, just above Oregon. All right, it works for me. I have a new team in my number three spot. I have Arizona. So this team loses their two best players in Benedict Matherin and center Christian Coloco, as well as impact guard Dale and Terry to the draft. But they restock with Courtney Ramey, former Texas Longhorn transfer, and five-star guard Kylan Boswell, who reclassed from the 2023 class to play this year. Um, we don't talk about him. Uh, because? <laughs> Arizona over Illinois. Okay, yeah. Ethan's just still jealous. That's unfortunate. That's uh, okay. We have Sky Clark, but moving into him. That's her. Uh, this team will be led by Courtney Ramey and Boswell in the backcourt, uh, as well as three-point snipers Kirk Risa and Paul Larson, most likely, come out, most likely coming off the bench. And stud Campbell transfer Cedric Henderson will also help out in the backcourt. Uh, this front court will be led by Omar Bello, Coloco's backup, um, and returning star Uzulas Tubilis, who averaged 14 points per game and six rebounds per game. Uh, funny enough, Bello averaged really similar, similar permanent numbers as Coloco, so he looks to fill the same rules he had last year. Um, 10 point per game transfer from Nevada, Warren Washington, and Eastern Block big men Philip Borivikanen and Andre Visar. Wow, they are really not from the United States. Uh, look to add depth in the front court. Um, this team finishes below Oregon and UCLA because of their lack of star power, in my opinion. They have a well-rounded team, but I just don't see them having much star power, true star power. See, I disagree. That's why I have them at two. I think that having Azulas Tubelis, I think that he could take the next step. I mean, already being second on the team last year with his 14-6. and six. I think that he's going to be able to actually be consistent with his scoring, and I think it will be a lot of fun watching him and Omar Balo just dominate in the front court. I think it will be a lot of fun. And like you said, Kirk Chris, uh, he played. I believe he had a terrific game against a couple teams, most specifically the Utah game comes to mind. And you mentioned Courtney Ramey coming in. They have a solid backcourt there. And then off the bench, having former five-star. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, especially with... Last year, we'll see if they can back it up. Or if last year was just an incredible stroke of luck. Interesting. 
Um, well, for nine, for my number two spot, I have the UCLA Bruins, and Ethan's probably in shock for who I have the number one spot, but I'll get into it when I get to it. Um, UCLA loses star guards Johnny Duzang and Jules Bernard, as well as big men Cody Riley and Miles Johnson. So they're losing a lot of production uh, this offseason, and they replaced them with a five-star wing on Marley Bailey, original Chicago native, uh, as well as top 50 recruit and forward Adam Bona. So they, although they lose a lot of talent and production, uh, especially those final four guys like Johnny Duzing and Cody Riley, um, they fill them in with nice players. So this team is arguably the best backcourt in the country, period. They return point guard Tyler Campbell, who's steadily improved every year and become one of the best point guards in the country. They have Amari Bailey most likely running the two, so top five player in the country there. And they have Jaime Jaquez at the three, who is arguably the best player in the conference. Um, they also have solid rotation players in Jalen Clark, uh, who, you know, is a YouTuber, uh, most notably, but he also played really well towards the end of last season, as well as three-point sniper David Singleton. Um, the front guard is a little more sketchy. They do have Adam Bona. They have Mark. They have Mac Etienne returning, as well as Kenneth Nwoba being in the rotation. Um, but the team is a very unproven front court, so they will need to prove their place in such a competitive conference. Um, and as the reason why they're not number one, and why another team is number one, um, they get the two. They, they they get to where they are because of their powerful backcourt and good coaching and high level experience. But I think their front court is a little, you know, unproven for me. They could be easily be number one, but I just need to see their their front court play well. So that's why they're not on my number one. See, while I agree the front court isn't proven, I think just having Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hoskins isn't already enough just because the role players that they're surrounded by to put this team at number one. Then you add in Amari Bailey, who perhaps is the best player to come out of Illinois since Jalen Brunson. He is going to... UCLA's next one-and-done star that actually gets playing time and should actually start. I think that UCLA's one through four positions will be completely solidified, as well as their bench. I think the one question is going to be their five-man, the man in the middle. I, If I had to guess, I'm not sure if they have a player starting in this lineup above 6-9. I think they're going to run small ball. And from what we've seen in the tournament, at least, small ball wins. So, so you think Adam Bone is going to run the five? Guess so. Okay, that's that's. I great. mean, I I think Bone is going to have to because, truthfully, I'm not sure how much that team is liking Mac Etienne after he spat at a fan last year. So, yeah, but I still think he he may have learned from his ways and Coach Carantini give him some some big minutes at the starting spot. But you never know; that could be totally true. They could run small ball, so you never know. Um, but Ethan, who do you have your number one? Let's hear it. UCLA, just like I said. Okay, perfect. I, I think that UCLA is truthfully the best team in this conference. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I kind of have a surprise pick. Not a lot of people have this team at number one. Ethan has this team at number four. Um, I have the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> I So two out of the three leading scorers leave, which hurts. Um, but their backcourt is stable, though. Will Richardson, really good player, super senior, stays at UO. Um, Coach, Altman, Coach Altman also adds Colorado transfer, Keyshawn Bartholomew, like as Ethan tried to pronounce earlier, uh, who averaged 11 points per game last season. 
um, and it's an in-conference trial, of course, uh, as well as South Carolina transfer Cuisinard, who averaged 12 points per game last season in the SEC. So they have three guys who are going to be really high-impact players in their backcourt. I don't, I don't, I think that's pretty good in terms of depth and rotation. Um, you will also return rotation player Rivaldo Soares and adds JUCO players Brennan Rigsby and Ty Williams. Now, usually when they add JUCO players, they're not of note, but these are super. High, these are two super high-level JUCO players who are looking to make immediate impact on this team. So they have really solid uh, talent and depth at their backcourt spot. The frontcourt spot honestly looks even better. They have five-star Callaway leading the pack. They have Quincy Gurrier coming from last season. They have Nafali Dante, who's coming off of injury, on their side. Uh, they averaged a combined 18 points per game last season, and they weren't even as impactful as they could have been due to injury. Um, they also have four, former five-star Nate Biddle coming off the bench, potentially looking to prove himself this season. Um, Oregon takes the one because they have star power. A well-rounded team. They're well-coached by Coach Dan Allman, and they have veteran experience in Will Richardson and Quincy Gurrier. This team is underrated, in my opinion, and you'll see why when I make another selection with this team. But I think that they truthfully are the best team in the conference. How do you like them apples, Ethan? <laughs> you know what? I think that in the Pac-12 this year, Although I disagree, and although I think UCLA has more talent on paper, I think these top four, you could mix and match, and I see anybody. Just because I think this will be, there's, it's going to be equalizer, and it's going to really be determined based off health. I mean, I can tell you for one, in my opinion, USC could easily go up if they can have guys who can prove themselves off of the bench. I mean, they're really good starting five. Right. Arguably the best starting five in the conference, which is really saying something. Um, if Biddle but, stays healthy, like, I'll go into Biddle in a little bit, but if Biddle stays healthy and plays like how he's expected to play, I have him being an all packed 12 center. Exactly. Um, I mean, USC, if they have bench, bench presence, could be maybe not the best team, but certainly top two. You know, I think Oregon or UCLA is going to take the stride and be number one, and then UC could easily slip into that two spot. So this is going to be a really top-heavy conference, really competitive with these top four teams. But outside of that, I don't really see much happening here. Um, so I guess we can move into our Dark Horse team. Now, my Dark Horse team is a team that we actually already gone over, but I'll tell you why they're a Dark Horse team in a sense. But I think Ethan already established that his Dark Horse team is not in this top four. So I want to hear yours last because yours is probably more interesting. Uh, I have, for my Dark Horse team, I actually have Oregon. So a lot of people are underrating this team. And I has the potential to be a stable top 10 team in the country. They have... Really phenomenal guards. If they're big men, pan out like they're supposed to, they will have some of the best bigs in the country, regardless of conference. Um, and they have the depth to help them all out. They have a legit 9-10 player deep team with a ton of talent at the top and good rotation experience and production filling out their team. They're coached by Dan Alden, who is known to be one of the best coaches in the country. And although they didn't have the best season last year, the last time they missed the tournament, they made the Sweet 16 immediately after and were a top 15 team in the country to end the season. So 
I think that they're a dark horse in the sense that we've already gone over them being a good team, but they can be a really great team this season. But Ethan, who is your dark horse team? Who do you think can crack this top four and potentially make the tournament? The Cardinal of Stanford. Good pick. Just because I think if you look at it, they're the only other team that I think has the talent on the roster. You have their two top two scorers, Spencer Jones at 12 points, and then Pac-12 freshman of the year, rookie of the year, whatever the award is, at 10.5 last season. Those two guys are going to be the key. I think Ingram is going to get the ball put in his hand even more this year. I think that he takes the step to 15 points a game. And then you have James Keefe, Brandon Angle, who are both obviously very good. And you add, like, not add, but retain, excuse me, your point guard, Mitchell. I don't know why I Probably just I'm talking with John, but I, <laughs> you return your leading assist, your leading passer. There's one problem. He shoots the ball worse than John does. That's a pretty good this season. isn't That's John, good. but when you're shooting the ball poorly in the Pac-12 as a point guard, there's not a lot of room for error in any other area of game if you want to continue being a starter. So it's going to really lead to a lot more zone being played against the Cardinal and a lot more letting him shoot the ball more than he probably should. So if he can get his shooting percentages up, I think this Cardinal team could very easily t- crack the top three in this conference. I haven't yeah, even I mentioned totally, Issa Silva I, yet. I can totally see that. I mean, Issa Silva, everyone who's t- been tapped into college basketball for a while knows him to be one of the best passers in the country, um, but he just hasn't had the chance to prove himself yet due to his, his other weaknesses. So... This team, yeah, this said, this team has the potential to crack, crack the top four for sure. Um, I just didn't put them on there because, again, it's a potential thing. It's a big if with this team, but you never know. It's Pac-12. Teams pop out and go crazy out of nowhere all the time. Oregon State, two years ago, projected to be last in the conference, ends up winning the conference tournament, ends up winning some games in the tournament. So you never know. Um, but let's move into our player of the year. Jaime Hoskins. Yeah. I mean, we both have Jaime Hoskins. I guess it's a pretty obvious pick, but Ethan, do you have another player who you think could potentially win? Potentially, there's obviously a lot, but I'm sorry. I, Jaime Hoskins, barring health, is the leader for this award. Yeah, for a reason. barring health. He's, he's had some health problems in the past, but he uh, he's really good. What can I say? Uh, and he was, he was playing unhealthy last season. He was playing on a hard ankle, and he's still putting up crazy production. So I think he's going to win. But I guess to make this more interesting, if I had to pick another player who I think could win it, I think I'm going to have Will Richardson from Oregon. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think he's truly one of the best players in the country, and I think that if he gets all of his production right, he could win it. But, you know, our pick is Jaime Hoskins. But – <sighs> Excuse me. Um, Ethan, let's move into our Dark Horse player. Who do you have as the guy who everyone's sleeping on 
but can come out to really make some noise. So I already mentioned this Nathan Biddle. Although he was injured, he is looking better now in the offseason, and I think he's ready to earn his minutes. I think he's going to play more than half the game on the court. I think that we're going to be seeing a kid who can play in the post defensively and offensively, as well as being able to step it out, not just to the mid-range, but beyond the arc. I think that we're seeing a kid that's capable of being a top five pick if he is used correctly and plays with the potential that he has. However, with this being Oregon, maybe that top five potential might be limited to maybe a later lottery pick. However, I think Biddle could very well take the next step this year and perhaps be the team's leading scorer if given enough minutes and the offense surrounding him instead of Will Richardson. Very fair. Um, Ethan already kind of covered my potential breakout for the year, but we're going back to the Stanford Cardinal. I had Harrison Ingram um, as my as my dark horse player. Um, as a freshman, he averaged you know eleven and seven on a team that really wasn't that good to help him out, and now he has some more pieces and guys like Spencer Jones and Issa Silva maybe raking out and even Michael O'Connell. So, assuming that he can have some help around him, he's looking to have an absolutely phenomenal season. He's already testing the draft waters last year because NBA teams see the potential in this kid. But him at his full potential in this conference is, I think, probably 16-9 and and a ticket to the draft. So, he's my breakout player of the year. Um and this is assuming Stanford can put all their pieces together and really make a, make a run at the tournament. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, a lot of interesting things to come in the Pac-12 conference, and we hope you guys liked it. Again, if you guys any have any suggestions for us, uh, please let us know on Twitter and Instagram. So, Ethan, why don't you just go over those real quickly? At ATR Madness on Twitter, at underscore creating madness on Instagram. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you with the Big 12 later. Sounds good. See ya.